Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is David Merriman Scott. Um, I'd have to go back and look in the uh, in the annals of the uh, the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast, but this is at least three, maybe four uh, times for David. He is a, as many of you know already, marketing strategist, speaker, seminar leader, and author of seven books published in more than 30 languages, including... What I suspect for a lot of people is uh, is required reading the new rules of marketing and PR, and uh, it's such required reading that uh, his publisher has made him come up with the third edition um, of that book in uh, in about five years. And so uh, we're going to talk about what's new in the new rules of marketing and PR. So, David, thanks for joining me. Hey, John. It's uh, awesome to be with you as always. I value your friendship. Um, I think it is the fourth time. I think that's right. Yeah, amazing. It's amazing, amazing. We've both, th- we've both come a long way. <laughs> I was just going to say it's amazing that I've stuck around this long, but you, you, you've <laughs> definitely come a long way. Uh, so, edition two was, say, two years ago, so let, maybe let's exactly. let's start there. What's changed in the last two years that, that you know, I, I, I'm actually putting out a, a revised edition of Duct Tape Marketing uh, this, this fall, and the question I'm already getting is, you know, I already own version one. Should, right. You know, wh- wh- why would I spend another twelve bucks? Which, of course, is an absurd question. But anyway, uh, right, 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 <laughs> right. Yeah. But but let's exactly. answer it anyway. What's in version three that's going to excite people? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, the first thing I do uh, is I go through every single word, every single link in the book, and I, I, I cycle out stories that aren't as interesting anymore two years later right. and put in, put in a bunch of new examples of success, you know, companies that have been successful using the new rules. Um, that's the first thing I do. Um, and then um, what, what's so interesting about the idea of the new rules of marketing PR, which is, you know, simply that marketing is about publishing content online, is that there's constantly new tools for us. So I remember I wrote the very first edition of the New Rules of Marketing and PR way back in 2006, and the book actually came out in 2007. And as I was writing the book, Facebook was only for students. I don't know if you remember back then, but, you know, we non-students or people who didn't have a, a .edu email address couldn't get onto Facebook as I was writing the new rules of marketing and PR. And at the same time, Twitter had just been launched in, um, in, in 2006. Right. And then, and at that point, no one had ever heard of it. So my book comes out. In the meantime, Facebook is available to everyone. Twitter launches and, and, some, and begins to grow in popularity. And I got these emails from people. Hey, David, uh, have you ever heard of this service called Twitter? <laughs> and it was so infuriating because it's like, yes, I have. And I've been using it for six months, but because of the ways that, that books are published, I, yeah. I, I, I couldn't get that included. So that happened with the previous editions. We got Twitter, we got Facebook. And for this round, um, the new tools that came out, a lot of them were focused on mobile mm-hmm. marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole huge rise of of mobile, of iPads and iPhones right. and uh, Androids and all these other services, particularly that have applications that um, in many in many of them are, are GPS enabled. Uh, so that great example would be Foursquare. And so those applications were not popular at all when I was writing the, the second edition and then immediately took off. And, and there was a huge hole in the book, frankly, because I didn't cover mobile marketing. Yeah. 
the idea that particularly with small businesses that that are location dependent i'm thinking uh, for example um theaters mm-hmm. or restaurants or uh or or, or hairdressers sure, or um, you know all those sorts yeah, of things yeah, yeah. it's really important to have a mobile marketing strategy because somebody walking down the street in the city decides all of a sudden they want to go to have something to eat you need to pop up when they fire up their their GPS-related services like Foursquare. So anyway, I spent an entire chapter on on mobile marketing. And then uh, the other major thing that's changed is my my latest obsession, as you well know, mm-hmm. is the concept of real-time marketing yeah. and PR. I did a book on that that topic, and which came out in November 2011. But I um, I put a, a full chapter in the new. Rules of Marketing and PR, the third edition, which um, which covers the concept of instant, the concept of real time, um, which is basically the idea that so many marketers and so many entrepreneurs and business owners have focused on a campaign mentality for their marketing, planning things months and, 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 mm. and quarters ahead, right. which is fine. There's nothing wrong with planning ahead. I do it too, but it 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 foregoes sometimes the opportunities that pop up instantly. You know, what happens when something breaks in the news related to your industry? Are you able to take advantage of it instantly? What happens if there's a regulatory change in your industry? Or what happens um, if a customer um, complains uh, to you today um, on, on a blog? What do you do about it? So it's a whole idea of instant engagement. Yeah, and I, I think that, uh, in fact, one of the things that I know you talk about, I've certainly seen over the last couple of years, you know, we were, we were so focused on talking about social media as, uh, you know, as a set of tools. And, yes. and, and I think that, you know, now we can talk about them more as a set of rules, right? I mean, that it's, that yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's, exactly. it's sort of baked in. It just is. Um, and so the idea that, that we're still uh, having that mentality of do I pick this tool or that tool, I think right. it's probably the wrong question, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is, and it actually took me a while to figure that out. But yeah, it is. It's it's not about, geez, do I start a blog or do I start a video channel? It's it's more around. Um, you've got to engage instantly with the marketplace, and you've got to engage in the platforms and the tools that your potential customers are engaged with. Um, so if if you're, for example, uh, in a business-to-business environment, you know, LinkedIn is very important. But if you're selling to young people, um, LinkedIn is a desert. You don't want to be there. You know, you probably want to be thinking about how you can engage with Facebook. Or you might want to be there, but, but as sort of like, you know, one of the last things on your list, right? I mean, because a right, lot of right, times yeah, that, it's, a, it's right. about priority, you know, particularly yeah, for yeah, small businesses. Exactly. <laughs> we only have so many, we have so many yeah, hours yeah, yeah, yeah. But But what's, what's so interesting to me about all this, John, and I know you'd appreciate this, is every, I, I've updated this book now, um, although this is the third edition, I actually did a paperback edition, so it's actually the fourth edition mm. of this book. Uh, and what has not changed at all are what are what the basic rules are. I mean, the basic rules uh, of this new environment that we all have, this revolution that we're all going through, is that you know before you had only a couple of options to get noticed. You could buy expensive advertising, or you could try to convince the media to write about you or broadcast about you, or you could spend a lot of money on a direct sales force. Um, none of those things aren't going away, but the new rule is that now we've got 
um, a fourth option, and it's a great option. It's an option that's free, and that option is to create amazing content on the web, whether it's video content or text-based or photographic content or charts or graphs, e-books, white papers, all that sort of thing. And that brands your organization as one that's worthy of doing business with. So the fundamental aspect of what I wrote about, and I know that you write about as well and talk about, has not changed. So I know that you have historically been a little hard over the last few years on the sort of traditional PR mentality um, that, that is housed mainly in PR firms, right? Um, right. Let me ask you this sort of two questions. Do we, do we as business owners no longer need to engage PR firms uh, is half the question. And then the second question, if I'm out there and I'm a PR firm, you know, what do I do to change my mindset and behavior? Good question. So basically what's changed is that prior to having the the option to use these new rules, the way that you got ink in the media was, and you could hire a firm or do it yourself, but you had to write press releases and then pitch them to members of the media, uh, magazines, radio, television, newspaper reporters, to try to get them interested in what your company does and what your products and services do. And that was a process of just trying to get in front of people. And and in many ways, that turned into almost a spam-like activity where you would take your press release and send it typically through email. Um, In the early days, it was fax, but more recently. (laughs) Right. Uh, and you try to send it to you know 200 reporters and hope that one or two might want to write about you. What what's changed is that now we can create the content ourselves, and that's just a huge fundamental shift in the way to reach people. I mean, before you had to either buy advertising, in other words, I'm going to buy space in the newspaper or the magazine, or I'm going to try to convince those reporters or editors to write about me. Or, or, you, now, bought, or you bought access, right? Because, I mean, a lot of PR firms certainly lived on the fact that they had lunch with the you know, right. ed- editor at that paper. Exactly, yeah. and that, that, that's, a part, that's a part of hiring an agency is right. they have those relationships. We used to say they have a great Rolodex. <laughs> uh, I don't think young people know what a Rolodex is anymore. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, so so um, the, the, the idea of creating a presence for yourself on the web and having people find you through search engines and having people uh, link to you on their Facebook page or on their Twitter feed now does not require that the media write about you. And and what's more interesting and I think fascinating is that if you do create interesting information on the web, you are doing blog posts or whatever, many times the media will find that and use that as fodder for the stories that they're writing and broadcasting. So, you know, to circle back to your question, um, I think there's still room for traditional media relations but I think that it needs to be within a context of creating original content. I think the days have long passed where a company doesn't create individual, uh, their own individual content and instead relies on the media to create that content for them. Those days are past yeah. because we all have the capability of generating our own information. Now, where a lot of people fall down on this, and it's totally understandable, 
is they say, well, look, I don't have the skills. I'm not a good writer or, you know, I've never done a video before. I, I you know, and I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. How am I supposed to all of a sudden do what you tell me and create all this wonderful content? I totally get that. But what that means is you need to think about who is the right person to hire. And I don't, I don't believe that a traditional public relations agency is the right uh, organization to hire in order to help you to create original content to put onto your website or to make, make a blog for you. The reason is because they're skilled at getting other people to write. They're not skilled at creating that content themselves. I actually think the right people are journalists professional journalists, people who used to work at a magazine, radio, television, newspaper, uh, and who you can bring on full-time, part-time, hourly basis, freelance, whatever, to help you to create that content. Um, and, and, and a lot of companies are doing that. There's lots of organizations who have hired journalists onto their staff, either full or part-time. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that the... the the idea that this content creation makes you maybe more aligned as a you know with a publishing model than a traditional marketing model probably uh, um, you know certainly makes that idea make sense that, that you absolutely would, you would absolutely make journalists that are writing content that is valuable that is you know most any journalist that's worth their salt can can take the facts and and turn it into a 700 word article in about 45 right. minutes because that's right. what they've been right. trained to do. That's what they, that's what they do. <laughs> right. and, and and I like to think of it as storytelling. You know, yes, a journalist exactly. is very very good at telling a story. Yeah. And that's really what you want. Yep. You want your you want your website to tell a story to your potential customers. And and by the way, a story is not just talking about your products and services. Right. A story is providing valuable information that helps people to solve a problem so that they're they're eager to, to, to figure out what you do and, and, and want to work with you. And and again, journalists are great for that. No, so so it is really fascinating. Your, your question about what happens to PR agencies. I think there will always be room for traditional media relations agencies. Um, you know, there will always be room for people who have uh, a wide variety of contacts in the media and who are good at um, working with reporters and editors to get stories in the press and who are skilled at creating a traditional press release. But I would suggest that it's a rare small business that needs those skills today. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that means, although those this, the, the public traditional public relations agents, relations agencies aren't going away, I think that they're, they're going to the numbers of them and the, the, the opportunities for them will, will, will shrink over time. But for any people who have who have worked in that industry, if they can turn their their agency into a content creation agency rather than a just media pitching agency, I think they have a a powerful future ahead. And I would literally say the same thing to them: they ought to hire journalists onto their yeah. staff and provide services to clients where they're actually helping to create content yeah. for. Them. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that. A number of PR firms woke up when they saw sort of the handwriting on the wall of, of all the social media um, tools and, and you know ways that organizations, large and small, were adapting and adopting. That uh, the you know, smart ones really kind of, uh, I think, jumped into what you said there and became sort of content creators as opposed to content pitchers. Exactly. 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 So and some of them are doing a great job. Yeah, they are. Um, yeah. And I mean, like you, I. You know, I, I get approached by PR firms uh, frequently, and it's and it's pretty easy to see the ones that that are you know that that have moved into that you know realm. 
Right. So let's talk uh, specifically a little bit about the mobile, um, because I, uh, again, I, I think what we're talking about is is just you know adapting our marketing to a behavior uh, that yeah. that is here. It's not necessarily a new tool. It's the fact yeah. that that all of our customers are walking around with that phone in their pocket, and they're yeah. and and when they when they pick it up and and look for something, they have ginormous. That's one of my kids' words, favorite words. A ginormous <laughs> amount of intent, um, and and I think that's the exactly. part that people really need to understand. Because unfortunately, a lot of small businesses, when I talk about mobile, they say, "Oh, I'm not going to do that spammy, you know, text message." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so how do you get yeah. them beyond that, that? That that's what it is. Right. Well, there's. I mean, obviously, there's a, a number of different things that you can do with mobile. The first thing and the simplest thing, and and surprisingly few people actually pay any attention to this, is that your website needs to be mobile friendly. Right. Yeah. And and the basic the ba- I mean I'm not going to go into any 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 real specifics here but the basic idea is that when you visit a website on your computer um the web your website gets loaded in a way that's that's uh, friendly for a computer. But when you visit the same website on a mobile device like an iPhone for mm-hmm. example mm-hmm. um the um, it looks for content that's made friendly for an iPhone uh, or sorry a mobile device, yeah. and so the simplest thing you can do is to create pages that are friendly to to mobile devices. The the other thing to do is to create a uh, a Google search index on your website so that when people are searching for what you have to offer with their mobile phone. So for example, they just pop the tire on the on the road and oh shoot I got to find somewhere to to uh, to swap out this this tire today because I I got to go to a concert tonight you know where am I going to get my car coat towed to um they're on their mobile phone looking for that okay tire repair Houston how am I going to find this um if you have a mobile friendly site and a mobile friendly um um, uh, a site that that that's that uh, you have the index of your pages that are friendly for mobile search. Mm-hmm. You will pop up first. It's incredible because that's what Google will show. They'll say this site is more appropriate because it's friendly to a mobile mm-hmm. device. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, they're going to your tire store rather than somebody else's. That's the first thing. The second thing is the whole GPS capability, where when somebody's using a mobile device. Um, that device, that person who's doing the searching can be pinpointed anywhere in the world where they are. It's amazing. And there's all sorts of things that pop up there, things like offering special coupons. You know, walk in right now and we'll give you a free margarita with your Mexican meal. Um, And and those, those for many people, are not seen as spammy. They're seen as Hey, that's that's pretty cool. We got a choice of going to the steakhouse that doesn't even know we're here, or the Mexican joint that knows we're here because they've got a, a GPS-enabled service that recognizes that I'm standing across the street, re- figuring out which restaurant I want to go to. So just some simple stuff. It's particularly important for any business that has uh, local um, uh, physical locations that you want people to go to. Yeah, and I and I often tell people because you start talking about a mobile friendly version, and you know people they're 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 you know they're thinking oh man whole lot of money I've got to you know it's hard enough getting my website done period but there, there actually are WordPress plugins you know that'll do this for you I mean if you're on a WordPress uh, blog and there are services that actually uh, create these and I, and I think that it's 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 become so important that you can't let that be a barrier because the tools are there to to, to make it happen right away. 
I think you have to do it. Yeah. And, you know, do what I do. I mean, I'm the guy who wrote the book, but I still hired someone to do it for me. Yeah, that's you right. know, sure. there's certain... There's certain things that, you know, I, I don't do myself and, and figuring out how to optimize my web stuff for mobile is certainly not something that I feel I have the skills to do myself. So, and it doesn't have to, like you said, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, uh, but it's certainly something that should be thought about and should be done. So we're running out of time, David. Um, we're talking to David. Mirren Always so fast. Uh, we run out of time. <laughs> the, the new rules of marketing and PR, but, but, but I really want to end with the most important question. Uh, what, what's your summer concert plan look like? <laughs> I saw Bob Dylan last night. Nice. Um, I had never seen Dylan before. Oh, I've, and I've seen him three times, and it was like three different people. <laughs> I, I, well, people had always said that to yeah. me, that you, know, you never know what you're in for when you see Bob Dylan. I was really lucky, John, because um, it was the last stop on his tour last night. And for some reason, he decided to throw in this last date on a whim at the very last minute. So two weeks ago, they announced it. And it was in a club. Wow. Uh, it was a house of blues in Boston. And, uh, and it was fantastic because I'd never seen him before. He seemed to be on. People around me who had seen him many times before were happy that he was, seemed to be on and having fun. Um, I love the music. His voice is a little iffy, as we yeah. all know. Yeah. I love them. And... Um, and I've gone to a couple of shows with my daughter. My daughter is 18 years old, and we went to see some of her favorite bands. So, we went to so see we're seeing Jason Mraz or something like that? No, nah, we saw Beirut. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, we saw Yaysayer. Um, she's going, and I'm not, to see Patrick Wolf, which is her favorite artist, I oh. think. Um, so... Uh, yeah, always good. Summer concerts are good. How yeah. about you? Well, Anything well, good? well Farm Aid was in Kansas City this year, and so uh, I, I nice. got to see Willie and Willie, Neil Willie Young, and the Willie and Neil Young and John Mellencamp and and yeah. Dave, Dave Matthews all uh, all in a ah, span great. a couple. Oh, of years. was that one day? One day or yeah, multiple? yeah, 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 yeah. One day, one day, nice. one of those kind of stadium things. That's uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Farm Aid, but you know, it's I, I, I am very much. So. I've 20, never been to one twenty or thirty years, and they go to different city, yeah. city every yeah. year, and pretty pretty cool event. Uh, obviously, very, uh, very uh, pro local. Support the local yeah. farmer, and <laughs> so it was. And it Willie, was, it was Willie Nelson, like a political, and Neil uh, Young have been involved since the beginning. Yeah, and I think John Mellencamp too, very early on. Right, uh, right, yeah, absolutely. So terrific. Well, David, always great to catch up with you. Hopefully, Thanks, I'll John. see you out there on the road again or in Boston sometime soon. Appreciate absolutely, it. I hope so. All right, take care. Man.